Hi, everyone. This is Rob. Thanks for subscribing to the Sound School podcast. I'm glad you're here. Sound School is produced by PRX and Transom. Let's start with some listening, huh? This clip is from Mumbai Crime. It's a fiction podcast from Radiotopia. The first season is called Q&A, and this excerpt is how the whole series opens. There's nothing to listen for, really. I just want you to get your ears around it. Ram Mohammed Thomas. Y- yes. Police. I have been arrested for winning a quiz show. No one raised a finger to defend me. My departure from Asia's biggest slum would make no difference to anyone's life. As we drive from the broken down boxes that I call home towards the blinding lights of Mumbai's high rises where the rich and powerful live, I know what they will say. I brought this upon myself for crossing the dividing line that separates the rich and the poor. The brain is not an organ the poor man is authorized to use. We are only supposed to use our hands and legs. So what business did I have participating in a quiz show? One of the things that strikes me about so many fiction podcasts is the sound design. Often it feels manufactured. The scenes don't sound natural. And frankly, sounding natural seems an impossible task when the sound design is recorded in a studio or comes from a sound effects library. Mumbai crime sounds different. More organic, if you will. The sound design is not entirely seamless. I still hear some of the handiwork of the producers, and maybe that's because I listen for it. I do produce a podcast about audio storytelling, after all. But for the most part, Mumbai Crime comes across as sounding like it was recorded on location. And that's because, for the most part, it was in Mumbai, India. So the opening scene, there's a sort of knock on the door. The microphone would be in there with him. Then the door is smashed open. That would be a, an effect that would be added later. Ram Mohammed Thomas. Y- yes. Police. <laughs> and then we'd record him being dragged down the path into the car. I have been arrested. They close the door. And then we'd cut. My guest on Sound School today is John Scott Dryden. John specializes in audio fiction. He has for years since the 1990s, producing for the BBC and later for Panoply. And now he's the director and executive producer of his own company, Goldhawk Productions. And he told me he takes a kind of documentary approach to recording scenes. Because that is pretty much the sensibility that we're, as a production company, aiming for. That's our kind of house style, as it were. It needs to sound like it's the real world. Which brings us back to that opening scene again. Yes, this was recorded in Mumbai, but it's not exactly the real world, as John puts it. I have been arrested for winning a quiz show. No one raised a finger to defend me. My departure from Asia's biggest slum would make no difference to anyone's life. Thomas, the main character, who is played by Anand Tiwari, he was not recorded in a slum. 
Instead, much of Q&A was recorded at a hotel complex, a building with many, many rooms where the cast and crew not only slept, they performed there as well. Take this moment in episode three. Come on, hurry up you idiots. Get lost. After Father Francis left the church, Father John sent me to a juvenile home in Delhi. I met many other boys there. Some were abandoned, some were school dropouts, some were criminals. But I'll never forget the day I met Salim, the boy who soon became my best friend. Are you the new boy? Yes. Did you spill your soup? No. The other boys knocked it out of my hand. Why are your hands bandaged? In episode three, there's a scene that's set in an orphanage. Was that recorded in an orphanage or was that recorded at this hotel, motel complex that you were at? It was entirely recorded in the hotel, but we did, a lot of the children were, we went to a school. So um, after the drama's recorded or even, you know, before, we would try and find material, sort of documentary material, I suppose one would say. Um, And we went to a school and recorded, you know, children running down corridors, that kind of thing. And that would be added to it. But the drama itself would have been recorded at the location. Also in episode three, there's a scene where the boys are trying to escape in a sewer. And I suspect you know what I'm going to ask. (laughs) Salim, listen to me. There's only one option left. We are going down. Down? There? Yes. No, I can't. It's disgusting. We have to, Salim. Please, Thomas. It's the only way. Come. Come on, Salim. Jump. Salim, jump now. Or do you want your eyes cut out? I can't. I can't. Take my hand, Salim. Jump. We'll get out of here. Well, that was in the complex as well. I guess the sort of locations we find... um, have a lot of variety and this particular motel had a few units that were kind of half built so there was there was a lot of places that sounded like that sort of thing but there would be quite a lot of post-production added to this as well to to give a sense of them literally crawling down a kind of toilet hole to freedom the moon is full the night is come run In addition to India, John has directed and recorded productions in Mexico, the Philippines, Thailand, and he says they don't use a location scout like you might in a movie. Instead, they partner with a local theater group. Some of the actors from the group will play roles in the story. Because no point doing stuff on location if you're not going to cast the majority locally. Also, someone from the theater will seek a suitable place to record. They're looking for someplace fairly quiet so that if they have to record outside... They can add sound later. If you have two characters walking down a street and the street's meant to be busy with cars honking and kind of, say, a, you know, chaotic, crowded street, you could record that on a quiet street and then add all that messiness. The difficult thing to do is to take away sounds that have been embedded into the recording. You also need to find a location with many kinds of recording environments, like that hotel complex. One of the advantages of finding a great location that has a lot of different spaces is that you're constantly surprised by how interesting those spaces sound. And you'll suddenly find a space and you think, God, I've never heard that before. 
And if you'd done it in the studio, it would never have occurred to you to even try that. How would you even know about it? And I think the skill of making these kind of projects work is being open to those surprises and incorporating them into the drama as much as possible. Welcome back once again to your favourite show, Who Will Win a Billion? I, as you might know, am your host, Prem Kumar, and before me is the young and wise Mr. Thomas, a waiter from Kolaba who has just won himself 50,000 rupees. <laughs> you haven't been cheating, have you, Mr. Thomas? Why would I do that? Well, this is a lot of money we're talking about. Some things are more important than money, Mr. Kumar. Well, if you aren't cheating, then you certainly are proving to be the man who knows all tonight. But the questions are getting harder, and our next question, for one lakh rupees, that's a hundred thousand rupees... Did you ever see the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Well, Q&A is similar. That's largely because both the movie and the podcast are based on the same novel, which is also called Q&A. Aisha Menon adapted the novel for the podcast. Q&A is about class and economic disparity. Thomas, a kid from the streets, lands a spot on a popular TV show. Who will win a billion? Thomas applied to be on the game show not for the money, but for revenge. The host of the game show is played by Saurabh Ardashir. He keeps making fun of Thomas for being poor and uneducated. But unexpectedly, Thomas keeps winning, answering questions that became increasingly difficult. And each question leads Thomas to think back on the heartbreaking twists and turns of his life in the slum. Who's there? Jay? Jay? Jay, you fool! What are you doing? Trying to sort through the ball, Thomas. What? No! Stop! Jay, you can't steal from the tailors! I'm a professional thief, Thomas. Really? I spent eight years in Tihar jail. Look, look, Jay. I'm supposed to be looking after the house. John's often the one doing the recording, but sometimes he has a sound recordist takeover so he can stand off to the side to watch and listen without having to pay attention to recording. Hey, come here. What does this say? The, the art of espionage. What? We see pads with combinations of numbers and letters. We see papers, many papers, labeled top secret and for your eyes only. In addition to John and another sound recordist on location, there are about a half a dozen actors. There's also a producer and sometimes two assistant producers. John told me the series is not recorded in chronological order. That would require too much additional time. Setting up, recording, breaking down, moving to another room, repeat. Now instead, all the scenes they plan to record in one room are recorded in a row, then they move to the next room. And John says location recording is stressful, really stressful, especially when recording is interrupted by airplanes and sirens and all the things they can't control. Does it cost more? No. It, You've got all the travel mm. and housing and food and staff and scouting out locations and all the things that it must cost a mint. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. And that's because you, you don't use studios at all. So, you, you know, you're saving yourself quite a lot of money not using studios and as well as that a lot of what you're recording has a, a huge amount of sound already embedded into it the movement of the actors the footsteps the of course you're going to enhance that in post-production but post-production is probably about a third quicker than it would be 
if you record in the studio where you've got completely clean tracks and you've got to edit it, you know, and create the world from scratch. So it, it, it sort of balances out. In the field, John uses a single stereo mic. It's a Sennheiser 418, in case you'd like to nerd out on gear. He follows the action with his mic as it unfolds. Like a camera lens, we would choreograph where the microphone goes and how it moves with the action of the actors. And it, it gives a kind of energy to the performances, but also to the sound, I think, in some ways. Like in this chase scene. I, I can't afford a photographer, but I will, I will bring you pictures somehow. So I saved up for a roll of film, borrowed a camera. Here's the camera. And I got people to take pictures of just, this. Just press the button, I've, I've done everything, sir. Okay. I took pictures sir. everywhere. Madam, take a photo, lega, please. Huh? Thank you. I posed like Govinda on a beach, like Akshay Kumar on a bike. Smiling, sir. Like Shah Rukh Khan on a train, like Amitabh Bachchan at a station. Thank you, sir. Okay. It came, sir. Thank you. Thank you, madam. Huh. Thank you. Chalo, jaldi, Did he recognize you? He did. Salim? Huh? You're the bastard who ran away from me. I think you got the wrong person, sir. No, no, no. Someone, someone hey, else. Hey, sir. hey, someone, hey, someone hey else. come back here. Hey, come back! I'll kill you with my bare hands, you bastard! I jumped onto a moving bus and escaped. Just when I thought I was safe, guess what happened? Nobody move! I landed in the middle of a riot. I want to talk about the chase scene in episode five. How was that recorded? Oh, yeah, yeah. It would all be recorded in, um, in little bits. You know, we would break it up like shots in a film and construct it that way. One technique we sometimes use is have it on a very long boom pole. And then you could have someone running quite a, a large sort of circle and the and the boom can literally just track them around and that way you haven't got two sets of footsteps because if you have someone just holding a mic and running in front of the actor you often pick up their footsteps as well so we would have done a bit of that there'd be a few moments um like a shot you know a shot list from a film there might be a bit where he kind of jumps over a wall and we'll just do that a few times we'll have someone run along jump over a wall so it was pretty much done in bits like that. Excuse me? I'd like to use the washroom. You, you played very well, huh? Uh, thanks. Don't you recognize me? I suppose what really appeals to me in audio fiction is the ability to create a world that the audience can see in their head. Is this the same toilet that Prem Kumar goes to? No, no, that's the other one. Over there. But you can't go there. Vikas. Vikas, if you could... If you could look away just this once, I would like to go to the other toilet. I know a lot of people talk about audio fiction as like, you know, a sort of movie experience for the ears. But for me, it's it's not really that. And I, and I find some of those shows quite... Uh, 
quite distancing in some ways where where it the attempt has been to make essentially the soundtrack to a movie with big music big effects um for me the best kind of sound design is is fairly subtle so you almost are not aware of it if people are saying that's amazing sound design then they're probably not paying too much attention to the story same with music you know if they're thinking wow the music's great I want them to be lost in the story and not to even be aware that the sound design is there, that it's it's so subtle that it's it's giving them all the right uh, clues that help the listener build the story in their head and they don't even know it's happening. If you could look away just this once, I would like to go to the other toilet. Uh, I'm sorry, Thomas, but I... Because, for old times' sake, this is important. Hello, Mr. Kumar. You? This is the VIP bathroom. You're not supposed to... Anyway, help yourself now that you're here. And don't feel too bad about losing all that money, Tommy. I'll give you a big tip the next time I come to your restaurant, okay? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Get out of my way. I've not come on your show to win money, Mr. Kumar. I just want my revenge. Revenge? On whom? On you. There's a new season of Mumbai Crime. It's out now. It's another powerful story of social injustice. It's called Undercover City. It shines a light on political corruption, and it follows the detective work of a policewoman in Mumbai. Just like Q&A, John recorded Undercover City in the field. At the post for this episode at transom.org, John talks about another important aspect of recording and producing an effective story, sort of the opposite of what we've been talking about here, silence. Sound School is produced by PRX and Transom. Thanks to Genevieve Sponsler and Jay Allison for editing my scripts. Thanks also to WCAI, the public radio station in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Thank you for listening. transom.org.